Welcome to Healing Imaginations, a project by Centric Lab. Healing Imaginations is a project that provides a time and a space to people to think about healing. In time, this will turn into a robust digital library of healing practices rooted in kinship and solidarity. You can discover amazing, beautiful and liberating voices from across the globe at healingimaginations.org. For this audio conversation, we're welcoming La Bonita Chola, Angela Camacho. Angela is a community organiser of Indigenous Ayamara Quechua peoples based in London, UK. In her own words, an ancestor in the making. And now for her conversation with Araceli Camargo. Okay, good morning. Um, today we would like to welcome Angela Camacho to Healing Imaginations. Angela, welcome to Healing Imaginations. Um, please give us an introduction to yourself, to your peoples, to your territory, or to your territories, plural. Hey, hi, Esteli. Buenos días. Estamos en Nueva London. It's 11 in the morning. Uh, my name is Angela. People know me as well as the Bonita Chola. Uh, I'm the daughter of Victor and Celia. I was born and raised in Argentina until I was 22. And then I was displaced once again by my parents. I've been living in London, UK for the last 20 years. I'm the mother of Petro. Petro is second generation born indigenous outside territory. And I'm a single mom. I'm a social organizer. I'm an ancestor in the making. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. Okay, thank you for that introduction. You said two things, actually three things that are really interesting for this conversation. Number one, can you please tell people what La Bonita Chola means? Uh, the Bonita Chola is a name that it was given to me for a friend. And it was just like thinking how I can start an IG account or like to put more my creative being out there somehow. I don't have a web page and I don't have the money or resources to have a web page. So at that time it was like, okay, I'm gonna have an IG account. And a lot of people uh, will tell me, oh my God, you look so beautiful. And normally it was when I was wearing my regalia or mixing my my indigenous regalia with Western clothes. And it was just like calling again myself or calling finally myself beautiful uh, openly um it's been a way as well of walking away from like west center like beauty standards and yeah reconnecting or like not reconnecting i think i was very lucky um somehow i always knew that i was beautiful i grew up in an indigenous household and everyone looked like me and outside there, like people was white, but within my circle, everyone makes sure to tell me that I was beautiful. So there is there, like in English, I live in the UK, so I thought it was um, wise to put there Bonita Chola, so to make myself feel very important. So everyone will know that I am a very important indigenous person in this 
so the belly of the beast. Bonita means beautiful. And Chola is the name that in the region of the Andes they give to indigenous women, which normally will be used uh, in a very despective, um, bad way. Right. Great. Got it. Thank you so much for that. Now, the other thing that you said was that your son is second generation outside territory. So can you let us know what that means? First of all, how do you define territory? What do you mean when you say territory? And then, of course, what do you mean outside territory? Territory will be my family's uh, ancestral land. That will be in Bolivia, Copacabana. Uh, I've been very blessed and lucky, and my family did a lot of work uh, to keep hold land in autonomous uh, territory in Copacabana, Bolivia. So that would be like our original land. Uh, my mom was born in Bolivia, my dad too. A couple of my aunties from my mom's side, they were born in Copacabana, um, which is like our ancestral, like family lineage territory. And I was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, and, and then my son was born in London, UK. Um, it took me, it's still, I'm still in the process of recognition, of recognizing myself as an indigenous person, even though that sounds crazy, uh, because I'm being, um, yeah, I've been like going back to that for the last 20 years, maybe more. And now as a mother, I'm doing that job with my son and he's 17. He knows he's not English. He knows he's not white. Um, he's still trying to recon, you know, that he's indigenous. Sometimes you ask him and he knows, yes, I know I am, but I don't feel it. And I know that it, it will be a very long process um, to keep holding into that lineage. Uh, I'm still in that process and I'm 43, he's only 17. Um, and my job, my main job is to keep our lineage alive, like my parents did and my grandma did. Right. And before we get into the first question, the third thing that I wanted to ask you that you said in your introduction is you do, you're very active within the indigenous communities in London and indigeneity is not only erased in our territories of origin, this is very much, of course, within the context and story of Turtle Island and Abayala, but there's also a continual erasure outside of territory. So for many people, when we talk about indigenous peoples in the UK, they only think about its original citizens, and they don't think that any indigenous peoples are here from the worldwide diaspora. So can you explain a little bit of, yeah, how big is the indigenous communities that you, so the indigenous communities, plural, but also the indigenous community that you specifically belong to? Um, I belong to the indigenous community of my family. Again, like we are a very, very big family. And here we are around like, 45 of us or 42 with extended family too. And 
like it mostly connects with like dancing and food and celebration. Uh, my family has their own dancing group, for example. I think so there is two groups in the family. And yeah, they recognize themselves as, as Bolivians and as indigenous, most of it. And that's been like a long process as well for them. Um, because when you are displaced to other lands, especially to Europe, the pressure to being a good immigrant and like to blend is just so hard. Um, especially here in London, I think that is so diverse that you can actually blend without saying that you're indigenous. In Latin America, it's much harder for indigenous people that actually can, you know, like you can see that they're indigenous physically to blend. But I think so in like big metropolis like London is easier for us. So lots of family or indigenous people tend to forget or like to, yeah, walk away of the indigeneity. But um, my family and lots of family and lots of indigenous community, they do an amazing work um, to keep it alive. And we keep it alive most of the time through music, dancing and food as well to a very well organized like diasporic resistance like there's been like through the years so many uprisings back in our territories so the community here is very well organized to respond to those uprisings and support somehow amazing um okay so now let's get into what does healing mean to you um one of the reasons that we asked for you to come and speak to us in Healing Imaginations is because of this specific story of what it's like to be Indigenous, number one, away from territory, what it's like to be Indigenous in an urban environment where sometimes our medicines, our traditions, our connections are interrupted um, so let's start there. How how do you view healing? How do you define healing for yourself? And what are some practices that you are still able to do whilst being Indigenous and living in London? And for me, it's been, I think, some, most of it, when I think about healing, I stray away think about my community um, the inner circle of people that I trust with my life to let them give me care. That's why I think the first, the first thing that comes to my, to my mind is just that like healing for me means community. And sadly, when I reach out to my community is when I'm in breaking point and talking to family, it's very normal for us indigenous women to get to that point, to endure until you're feeling that your life is going through your fingers and you go, okay, I need help. Um, but for me, healing is community. With the years, I've been learning as well to ask for help sooner than later. Um, and that's been out, like, and that's been the outcome of a process of like, practicing humbleness as well and to let go all these 
colonial patterns that are reinforced on us, that we need to be strong, that we need to endure, that we, we've been seeing, like, you know, for, like, the Western colonized eyes, like, as these animals that we can endure everything and we are strong. Um, so it's been a it's been a very hard, painful, and beautiful process to learn that I'm a fragile being as well, and that was it's been a process I've been doing with with my community that we've been doing together, and and back home I remember will be the same in Argentina will be the same we will be like staying home when I'm not feeling good when I'm feeling sad or depressed or something terrible happened. Will be with, you know, been looking after my cousins and my aunties, and it will be like through food, especially through food, to like to to nourish our first territory that is our body, and like and let other people like nourish that first territory. I think so is the way that I will we will do in it back home in Argentina, and going a bit backwards when I will visit uh, Bolivia it will be the same thing like it will be through food through smells to the herbs that my mom or my aunties will talk when we like we were in Buenos Aires and here in London will be very similar with my son or like if I walk around I go oh I remember this plant like my my grandma teach me the name of this plant and what I can use it for and I used to grow up in Buenos Aires and I used to grow up in, in Bolivia too. So those are always very like sweet moments that I treasure that even between the concrete, somehow these seeds travel all around and I still can find them wherever, like wherever I am. And especially like in in urban environments too. Somehow this this medicine travels around as well. So I guess should be that. That was beautiful. There's so many quotes in there um, that I want you to go a little bit deeper. So you said accepting that I am fra- that I am a fragile being as well. How does how do you relate that to our healing in general that acceptance that we are or that we too are fragile can you repeat the question again please (laughs) yeah so in your saying of accepting that i am a fragile being as well how do you think that relates to healing um so when you said that, I thought of my grandmother, that sometimes there were two jobs, three jobs happening in one day. Mm. There was never any complaint. And there is something that that we rejoice, right? We rejoice in having that stoicness, that fortitude, that, yeah. you know, that there's, there's a, um, of our blood being thicker than yeah. anybody else's, right? But yeah. actually what you said, for us to accept that we too are fragile. For me, it will be like going back to my grandma or even my parents now. And 
I said that fragility is humanizing myself and humanizing my parents and my grandmas, my aunties, and as well, like the learning process of understanding why we ourselves dehumanize, dehumanize us, like um, understanding that, you know, the more work we do, the more valuable we are to society or to this Western colonized society. And where that concept comes from, um, it made me learn and understand um, the whys. And for me, it's just like how I'm gonna heal if I cannot understand or see why I'm not allowed to be fragile and who benefits, like who benefits from this? How can you fix something or heal something if you cannot see that it's been broken for so many generations? So, and then, you know, there it comes the understanding, the humbleness as well, and to understand that, like, it's not, it doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve my community. It doesn't serve my family, us. It doesn't serve me if I'm broken constantly and if that's my state, being broken is my state. And why I cannot accept that I'm a fragile being, that I need care. Um, for me, it was just that understanding that helped me a lot to let my community heal me and let myself heal me too. Wow, Angela, that's beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Okay, another thing that you mentioned is our body as our first territory. That's a brilliant phrase, but also oftentimes, yes, we don't think of our body as territory. But also, if we think of our body as territory, then it's how does this, you know, our body territory interact with the bigger territory? And again, how does that feed into healing? So I think the first part of that is, can you expand on that thought of body as territory? And then if you can talk about what is then that relationship between our body territory with the planet? That was something that I think so. I'm very sure that it's not something that I came to. Like, it's learning from back home, learning for my siblings and sisters of the Feminismo Comunitario in Bolivia and in Guatemala. And they always talk about, like, our first territory is our body. And we need to start from there. We need to build our knowledge. We need to build our resistance. We need to build our community from there first. Um, and, and then we talk so in, in conversation with like sisters like Adriana Guzman from Bolivia, from the Feminismo Comunitario Antipatriarcal, uh, understanding as well, like if I am territory, that means that wherever I am is my land. That means that I am the extension of my territory. And I understand in that it means that I claim sovereignty, whatever land I am. 
even here in the belly of the beast in UK London, like La Mecca del Imperialismo, um, if I am here and other civilians recognize themselves with me as indigenous, it means that we can step in our land because we are the extension of our land. And with that knowledge, we understand that it will, there is no way that they can continue with that genocide, regardless if they're displacing us to other lands, like with the ancestral knowledge and the understanding, like we can continue and build this indigenous futurism, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I mean, what you said about that, about I am the extension of my territory, that's healing, especially because of the colonization, continual colonization, right? There is, I was talking to a, I can't, I'm not going to remember the name, but they are from Wales, and they said that in the Welsh language, they have a specific word to talk about the mourning, the grief of the whales that never got to be, right? Because Wales was also colonized by the English. So whales never got to be whales. It's in the imagination of the colonizer as well. Mm. And I thought, yes, that's exactly it. I feel that grief and that sadness all the time that I don't know what I would be like if I hadn't been touched by the colonizer, if my peoples hadn't been touched by the colonizer. But that, that we are the extension of our territory is healing, right? Because that means they haven't destroyed everything. We are here. We're still here. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. That really is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's such a healing way of, of, of looking at our experience and of our reality um so i want to tie up you mentioned in indigenous futurism and i was just hoping that you that you leave us with a thought a wish a prayer of what you want for indigenous peoples Mm. I think so for me, every time that I think about that, or every time that someone asks me that, it's just like, I don't want us to die. I always say, like, and I always remember that we will come back and we will be millions. And we are already. Um, I will say, don't be scared of recognize a sibling. Don't be scared of hold your sibling high hand and guide guide them to our path. Be patient, gentle, caring, give grace to other siblings. It's a long process. It's very painful. It carries a lot of trauma. It's a lot of healing to be done by us, for us. And it's it's a life. It's gonna be a wonderful life. Uh, we're trying to 
reconstruct hundreds of years of like being kind of trying to find ourselves. And just the thought that my son will be indigenous still after 500 years is something that it warms up my heart. I know that my dad and my mom, I'm very happy about that. The idea of like my grandchildren, they will recognize themselves as indigenous is something that for me is one of my biggest achievements. Um, I will say just that, just recognize yourself as territory, regardless how many times your family or yourself have been displaced. And yeah, that. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Healing Imaginations. To find out more, please go to healingimaginations.org or thecentriclab.com. Please like, share and drop us a note if you're interested about helping out this project. Take care. Bye. Thank you.